You're listening to the Design Thinking Roundtable by Design for America of NYU. This season explores the human component of HCD by highlighting issues that are core to inclusive design and disability. We hope that through this series, you'll walk away with a better understanding of how to design for all humans. For the second episode of the season, we traveled to England and Denmark to meet with experts who have worked on projects exploring the empowerment of children with disabilities through play. Stand well away from the edge of platform two. The approaching train is not scheduled to stop at this station. I met with a family where two of their kids have cystic fibrosis, and this is a disease that you are born with, um, uh, where uh, your internal organs, especially your lungs, fill with um, mucus, sticky mucus, and that can result in um, infections, um uh you know you you have to kind of every day you have to work to basically remove the mucus Uh, you have to cough it up or um and um the uh, the everyday kind of um uh uh, treatment or physiotherapy are um is a, a breathing exercises um where you try to basically kind of create an escalation effect in your lungs it's sort of a vibration effect that that escalates the mucus out of your lungs and then you cough cough it up Mm-hmm. Um, and these exercises, you know, they, they just, they're not very pleasant. Um, uh, you have to, kids have to do them from a very early age. Um, the life expectancy of people with cystic fibrosis is kind of cut short because, um, we find that people, folks, are um, you know, they go to hospital with infections and then, you know, sometimes it leads to even worse infections. So, um, it's definitely, um, uh, something very challenging. And, uh, so I was working with, with the family and, and this was, um, trying to think of, um, how can we create, maybe use technology to make these kinds of exercises more fun and easier to do. And, um, and it was really kind of, uh, the mum, Vicky, who had this idea of, you know, can we turn these breathing exercises into ways that they could play a video game? Could they breathe and, and play a video game at the same time? That was Haiyan Zhang, Director of Innovation for Microsoft's Research Labs in Cambridge, England. Haiyan, a designer, technologist, and maker of things, invents cutting-edge technology to enable new connected play experiences and support wellness. You may have heard about Microsoft's initiatives in inclusive design, with influential projects like the Xbox Adaptive Controller and the Inclusive Design Toolkit, the company's playing a crucial role in shifting the tech industry towards accessible innovation. While Haiyan's work does not officially fall under the inclusive design initiatives, the goal and approach are similar. Haiyan uses the human-centered design process to transform people's experiences with chronic illness and disability. As we talked with Haiyan, she emphasized how sometimes the solution to a complex challenge could be a simple idea, but the execution is what makes the difference. That's where the design process becomes absolutely crucial. And here, it's not about adding more and making things complex, but it's about going back to the essence of good design as invisible and simple, a la Dieter Rams. In the early 1980s, Rams laid out his now canonical 10 Principles of Good Design. Rams taught us that great design is as little design as possible. 
It doesn't draw attention to itself. It merely allows users to accomplish their tasks with the maximal amount of efficiency and pleasure. At its best, it is invisible. Then it came down to the execution, um, which is how do we um, uh, um, uh, then turn that into a uh, sensor? How do we then, you know, there was a lot of industrial design about how you make a, a connector that would mm -hmm. connect to existing breathing devices. And then how do you have the sensor um, uh, and allow the um, person to still be able to play, you know, a, a reasonable video game? You mm -hmm. know, uh, so we added, you know, one button. Uh, it's a very simple device. Um, we then uh, also engineered a um, kind of a um, an app store for video games and and created some communities that would get together and, and um, hack video games on the weekends. So it was I would say the design work was um, I think it was very important to kind of go through this process, but the design work was more around um, kind of designing this community and um, some very simple industrial design. Um, of the electronics and the um, the form factor of mm -hmm. this connector, um, and then really thinking through kind of this entire end-to-end -end experience um, of how you know how to make it super easy for someone to just connect this. Um, you know, we don't want to make it too fiddly where they're like trying to connect Bluetooth devices and it's not working. So how do we make it really easy to download apps? Um, so I think it was a slightly different kind of design craft in a way. Um, yeah, so, uh, and I'm super proud of the project. What mattered to Haiyan as she was developing the physio device, a wireless sensor that connects to existing CF physiotherapy equipment, turning breaths into controls for video games, was providing children with CF with a great experience. Interestingly, the device is more than just a video game. It is in fact the main component of a remote monitoring platform that has the potential in future to guide personalized physiotherapy prescription based on individual treatment responses, generate accurate, sustainable, population-based physiotherapy registry data. Play here empowers children by creating a positive experience while allowing them to develop a broader system that can support doctors and researchers to iterate and develop long-term solutions. Moving from England to Denmark, we met with Morten Bond, Senior Art Director at LEGO, and Stina Storm, New Ventures Manager at the LEGO Foundation, who have both been working on the Braille Bricks Project, which are customized bricks to teach Braille to children who are blind or visually impaired. Each Braille block features studs with the same six-dot configuration of individual letters and numbers from the Braille alphabet, yet remains compatible with the classic LEGO bricks. Morton insisted on the possibility of using play to empower children with disabilities and in turn create opportunities for all children involved in the play experience. What is really the aim here is to, to empower children to, to you know, embark on their path in life that they, you know, they, they dream about and uh, not 
limit them in in a way that they are dependent on uh, on other people or dependent on electronic devices, but they actually create um, the um, foundation for you know later in life getting an edu- education and de- being able to read on their own. It should be noted that the repurposement of tactile building blocks towards learning Braille is not a new idea. In the early 80s, Kevin Murphy developed tactiles using Lego-style bricks to teach Braille to his blind son. This evolved to a sophisticated multilingual teaching tool that has become the seminal work in this field. In fact, Stina noted that the project was not new and that about a decade ago, when an organization approached the Lego Foundation, they could not support the project. Yet, when in 2017, another foundation reached out to them, they felt they had the capabilities to start exploring ways to use Lego bricks to make the education of Braille more fun. Lego Braille bricks uh, started uh, as an idea of how to combine um, bricks with Braille. So this um, idea has been around for a long time, first uh, brought to us by the Danish Foundation for the Blind um, yeah, in 2011, I believe. Um, at that time, uh, the Lego Group uh, or the Lego Foundation was not geared to handle these type of projects. Um, but when the idea was again brought forward in 2017 by a Brazilian foundation called the Dorina Ville Foundation. We uh, decided to uh, uh, start a partnership involving those two uh, organizations as well as uh, two additional uh, blind organizations. And uh, so we set up a team of um, uh, blind organizations with Braille experts and um, together we started to develop the concept, um, most importantly, making it inclusive, which means that we actually added print to the bricks um, to ensure that you could actually teach a blind child and a sighted child alongside each other. Um, So um, the concept was uh, developed and we also developed some uh, teaching materials, some activities um, on which we could then test the concept. You might be wondering why learning Braille is so important. Why not rely on the rise of audio technology? In fact, the rise of audio technology is responsible for the drop in the number of children learning Braille today. According to one study by the National Federation of the Blind, in the United States, less than 10% of the 1.3 million people who are legally blind are Braille readers. The same study found that a mere 10% of blind children are learning it. Yet, this is problematic as evidence shows that learning Braille has long-term benefits. Indeed, Braille literacy is associated with better job outcomes for adults. It also simply gives children more independence and autonomy. So, this is why these associations for blind and visually impaired conscious of the needs, reached out to the LEGO Foundation. As for the design process, it was deeply human-centered, wherein understanding users, their context, and practices was at the core of this project, where LEGO Foundation involved the associations for blind and visually impaired to understand the needs, talked with teachers and children to understand the challenges of teaching and learning Braille. Users were not only involved at the start, but all along the process through user testing. 
So at the end of last year, 2018, uh, we tested uh, the first prototype in four countries. And um, uh, we both tested, how can I say, the contents of the uh, Lego Braille brick sets, as well as the uh, teaching material, i.e. how was it received by both teachers and children. And we got lots of really valuable feedback uh, both in terms of how the prototype could be improved, uh, an example being the colour combination of the bricks and also the colour contrasts, which proved to be very important so that visually impaired uh, children can actually see the differences in colours and in the print themselves. And this iterative process was also paired with an attention to the context of use, which led the project team to not only design the blocks, but also the teaching materials to support facilitators and make sure that the new tools would be easy to use and implement in current teaching plans. So in, uh, now we're, we're about to embark on the second round of testing uh, with the second version uh, of the prototype um, where we've improved the colours, we've improved the amount of bricks, we've improved the uh, content of the bricks. We've, for instance, included uh, math symbols. Um, uh, so what we're now testing in four new markets uh, is how the... A kind of uh, new and improved version is received and, and how it actually works in practice. So we're very keen to get the results uh, which are expected later this year. These two projects, the Physio device and the Lego Braille Bricks, show how through play and a human-centered approach, we can design innovative solutions to empower children. In both cases, the solutions aim to be invisible and playful, allowing children to engage with activities that they used to dread or avoid, although in both cases, they could empower them. For children with cystic fibrosis, breathing exercises are essential in avoiding infection and making them stronger. And learning how to read Braille makes children more autonomous today and tomorrow. Inclusive play can make these experiences more fun and engaging, thus empowering the children playing. Thank you for tuning in to the Design Thinking Roundtable by Design for America of NYU. This podcast is created, produced, and hosted by Harshita Nadanuri in collaboration with Anne-Laure Fayard. Audio editing, mixing, and music are all led by Gilhem Tamassier. For podcast updates, follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash designforamerica and on Twitter at DFANYU. To learn more about the NYU chapter of Design for America, visit dfanyu.com.